Hello and welcome to Call Bank Sports. The um, Utah Jazz have made a deal that we all saw coming, that we all didn't see coming. And Danny Ainge has basically said, F the New York Knicks. Um, and made me, honestly, quite happy from that perspective. I think that I've already dealt with all of my really sad Donovan Mitchell emotions back in, I believe it was July, when I think David James or... Um, from 1280 The Zone said on the air that the deal was done. It, it might have been Patrick Kinahan. One of the two said the deal was done and that Donovan was going to the Knicks. And that day, um, I was a, an emotional train wreck. Obviously, we got to have Do, um, Donovan in a Utah Jazz jersey for um, a bit longer, but not for any more games. And for me, um, it is really sad to see him go. He was definitely, you know, a godsend at the time he came to have Gordon Hayward have left the way he did then have Donovan come in and just completely take over the role of the star player in the in the state was awesome. I know that there are some negative feelings toward Donovan um, in the state, and frankly, I don't feel a lot of those. Um, I understand that there are some political differences between people, but the fact that he showed how much he cared about the state is something that is so so special to me. And the fact that he was always an upstanding guy when he was here, um, I understand. Um, he never asked out publicly. He just always put a good face forward. And for that, I really appreciate it. I'm sure there will be some Donovan negativity. And that he was here in Utah. And I'm also really thankful that he did not go to New York because I can feel okay buying um, a Cleveland Cavaliers jersey, which I will be doing here in the next few months. I can feel okay buying a, a Minnesota Timberwolves jersey which I will be doing here in the next few months. Um, but I was never going to buy a New York Knicks jersey. So I am quite happy that um, that's not here, that that's not something I have to do, even consider. And I am quite happy to um, watch Stephen A. Smith lose his mind on national television about his hometown team um, for, you know, the umpteenth time this decade. But Dale, what, what are kind of your thoughts? I, I did love watching Stephen A. Smith. I'm I'm a Cowboys fan, and so I just felt like it was karmic justice for him. <laughs> but I, yeah, it's it's going to be rough to watch Donovan Mitchell play in a Cavs jersey. I think he's in a better situation, and I think it's everyone's talking about who won the trade. Um, there's so many factors, especially since most of the assets in the trade are going to we're, we're going to see how what they turn into, and like what is it seven like the last asset is in 2029 so it's like three to seven years is when we're going to start seeing what this actually does um and it may be sooner um we've seen teams get a bunch of draft capital draft a couple nice young pieces get a couple maybe veterans who outperform because they get a bigger role and then like what you saw danny inch do with boston he was able to trade Isaiah Thomas at the right moment to get Kyrie Irving. I I would imagine, and I'm expecting the Jazz to look for those opportunities in the coming years. So so everyone's saying, oh yeah, the Jazz are going to be bad for the next decade, but then they, they'll probably be good after that. I think the Jazz say, okay, we have Colin Sexton, which he'll probably turn into uh, Brandon Knight, but he may turn into John Mitchell 2.0. Who knows? Um, if he turns into Donovan Mitchell 2.0, great. But if not, then he's probably going to be a good piece that you could trade with some draft capital, maybe a couple other pieces to get another star in. 
And so I think that's kind of what the Jazz are looking for here. Um, everyone is judging it at face value right now. And if you look at face value right now, obviously the Jazz lost the trade because the Cavs got the better player. But we'll see. Yeah, This isn't a trade that is the the end of everything. You can't judge the jazz this trade for the Jazz based only on this trade. You have to take into account the Rudy Gobert trade, and you have to take into account future moves and the the options that the Jazz now have with freed up cap space, with extra trade assets, and and what Danny Ainge will be looking to do um, in the coming two or three years. I I think it's going to be really interesting, right? Since the Jazz basically now own Cleveland's future at least in terms of first-round picks, from 2025 to 2029. So that's five years. And granted, um, 2026 and 2028 are swaps, right? But let's say that, like, everything goes downhill and Cleveland's been where they've, you know, been multiple times this last decade in the lottery. All of a sudden, the Jazz are, you know, riding high with that. I am kind of shocked that, the um, at least from what Tony Jones reported um, at The Athletic, that the Jazz... Um, got the offer from the Cavaliers and didn't even give the Knicks a chance to match or to um, in any way try to one-up them, which I think um, is really interesting. It sounds like the Jazz were just sick and tired of the Knicks um, playing hardball these last couple months. And I really feel like in the end that Danny Ainge must have just been, if that's the case, Danny Ainge must have been confident that the Knicks weren't going to um, up their deal and give them a better deal. Since that just... Danny Ainge being bitter doesn't seem like something he would do. Since I, I mean, since he's always going after the best offer, that if the Cavaliers' offer, um, you know, wasn't the best one out there, he would take the Knicks, even if he doesn't like dealing with um, dealing with te- with them right now. Other than that, I have heard um some stuff out there where it's like the Jazz didn't respect Donovan by um not sent by you know since they didn't send him to New York. And I will still kind of always stand by the fact that I don't know how much Donovan wants to be in New York. Um, Maybe he wanted to be there the next few years, but I think he would have left at the end. Like, I think that Donovan doesn't, I don't don't think most players want to be in their hometown or else you'd see a lot more players going back to where they're from. And you just don't see it happening either because the team there isn't good or just because all of a sudden you, um, your growth is kind of stifled because you're where, um, where you're from and you have all these expectations on you that he's not going to have in Cleveland, right? The trip home is going to be a bit shorter, but he's not going to have friends calling him up and asking him for tickets to Knicks games every night um, or because he's not in New York. So Cleveland kind of gives him some distance from home that might just be nicer for him. Yeah, I I don't know where that came from. I've not seen Donovan Mitchell come out and say, actually he's not said anything about this trade until he got traded. Yeah. So I don't know where they're getting, Oh, he wanted to play for the Knicks. That's what he wanted. I think that's just Nick saying, Oh, he's from New York. He definitely wants to play for the Knicks and Donovan Mitchell didn't deny it. And I think if he was traded there, he would have been fine. I, I agree with you though. I don't think it would have led to like Donovan Mitchell wants to win. And I don't think this yeah. next roster with Don, plus Donovan Mitchell without any draft capital is in a spot to win anytime soon. And Donovan Mitchell will get tired of it and probably leave um, the Cavaliers. There's 
a lot of players with a lot of upside, so it could turn into like honestly, they kind of have a core, and it sounds it. I've from their front office the last couple seasons, they've made some really smart moves. So this the Cavs, they've never been great, but they could they have like the base to potentially be a dynasty, and that depends on a lot of different factors. Is does Garland continue to grow, or is this the best version of him? Is Evan Mobley the next Tim Duncan, or is he just going to be a pretty solid power forward, which he already is? So, yeah. um, we'll we'll see how that plays out. But that like I think that's a much better basketball situation for Donovan Mitchell, Cleveland, a lot less distraction than New York, and Donovan Mitchell. At least everything that I've seen him do publicly is all about winning. He he's very professional, and his focus is one hundred percent on how can I be better and help my team win? So I think that's what he actually wanted was to be in a winning culture. I went to campus wearing a Donovan Mitchell jersey today, which I'm currently still um, wearing. And one of my professors like just asked me in front of the class what I thought, and then proceeded to say that he thought Donovan Mitchell had reached his ceiling. Um, I need to take the class, so I can't just drop it, but (laughs) I could not disagree more with anything that I've heard at my, in my university experience. That's definitely hyperbole, but I, whether or not Donovan Mitchell had reached his ceiling in Salt Lake is a question that can always be asked. I still think that with who he is, that he would have wanted to improve and have become a better player. Um, Obviously this last season was weird. It was weird for everyone though, in the locker room. I don't think you can put the blame squarely on the shoulders of any one individual, but Dang, I think that he's going to have a boost going to Cleveland and that he is going to improve significantly over the next couple of years. Um, and I, I really am just excited to see what happens. I re- I wish him the best, and I think it'll be fun basketball. I heard, I saw somewhere today that we'll be rooting for Cavaliers-Timberwolves ma- um, finals matchups for the <laughs> you know next few years, and do I think that's going to happen? No. Would that be terrible for the NBA from a monetary perspective? Yes. Would I absolutely love it? Absolutely. So <laughs> I <laughs> just have two, two small markets from the North be in the finals with the headline players being Carl Anthony Towns and Evan Mobley. It's, it's better for the environment. It's a lot better <laughs> than, than Miami and LA. I mean, yeah, they can just take a bus to, to um, each game, right? They totally... <laughs> Oh no, that would be that would be a crazy um, something crazy to see, right? But I think that this has made the NBA exciting, and it's super nice to see the Knicks continue to suck. Um, I understand that big markets doing good um, are good for NBA viewership and good financially, but I think pretty much everyone from small mar- who um, cheer for mar- small market teams just really enjoy seeing the big market teams do poorly. Yeah, and is that an overgeneralization I, or I think that's I can't speak for all small markets. I think that's definitely true in Utah and especially the Knicks where um I, they think they're I, all I, that in a bag recency, of chips I, all the time. Well, and and recent Jazz the, the Jazz they definitely do not like Jalen Brunson. As a Mavs fan, yeah. I no longer like Jalen Brunson. I thought he handled that whole free agency uh, pretty terribly. I'm not mad that he you left. Mean the, I, you, you mean the pseudo, this isn't tampering. I'm having meetings. 
it definitely was tampering, and, and we'll see if the, if any draft picks are taken away. And then he, he didn't even meet with the Mavs. He he scheduled one, and then he canceled it. He's like, no, I'm signing yeah. with the Knicks. And so like they couldn't even give him the pitch. So this podcast may be rooting against Jalen Brunson more than any podcast out there. But the, <laughs> there is one. I do want to pivot the conversation. We've talked about Donovan Mitchell. I think there's okay. tons of content out there on the internet already about that. We've talked about the picks. We've been talking about that for months. Uh, Colin Sexton is kind of a, a known asset. He made like uh, not last year because he was hurt. He had a bad start and then he got hurt. But the year before Trust that, me, my fantasy team knows. My fantasy <laughs> team knows. <laughs> the the year before that, he had twenty. He was twenty four points, uh, like a really similar stat line to what you saw from Donovan Mitchell last year. Twenty four, four to five points and rebounds a game. Um. So if we could see that at maybe a little better efficiency, who who knows where he'll go. But I want to talk about the rookie the Jazz got because I think he he's another really interesting piece that could turn into something big for the rebuild. Or he like it's it's a rookie, so we'll I'm not going to say he's the next big thing yet. But kind of uh, I've done a little bit of research into him. Went back to the draft. I didn't pay much attention to the draft because the Jazz didn't really have a pick. But I went back and looked into him. So he's he was a senior. He's a little older. He's 22. Um, and his senior year, he took a huge jump in shooting. So before that, he was he's always been known as a defender. So this is Ochai Agbaji. I, I called him the rookie because that's a lot easier than his <laughs> name. I probably pronounced his name wrong. But uh, just so you know who I'm talking about. So he went to the draft combine last draft not this one and decided to come back uh, and decided to go back to kansas play another year and then um hopefully become a lottery pick which he ended up becoming so he's his whole time at kansas he's been a bigger guard he's six foot five 217 pounds he could guard on the college level anything from like one to four now you're going to see him probably be like a shooting guard small forward in the nba but he was really bad, and so he's an awesome defender, but most of his college career, he was bad at shooting. His senior year, his free throw percentage jumped, um, don't quote me on this, but something around 8%. He was in the 60s, okay. and now into he's like... In the 70s or into he's the mid, 80s? He's mid-70s now. So no worries if you don't know. Three-point three percentage, he shot over 40%. His points jumped up a lot, so he's scoring... 20 points a game almost i think i think 18.8 is what i remember and then i i think he was uh he was getting like i i exited the tab because my computer's slow but i think he was getting around four to five rebounds a game which is really good for a six five shooting guard i wouldn't expect the rebounds to continue uh but he is he's built like a bigger shooting guard so that's an that's an interesting piece he like i'm seeing him as potentially look at him to be the next um not like the next defensive anchor on the perimeter for the Jazz that's what he could end up becoming especially if he gets a nice uh three point shot so like like a Royce O'Neal kind of kind of figure for a rebuild which is a great team that a lot of play, a lot of teams a great player that a lot of teams need so i'm high on him i'm excited to see how he does this rookie year and he could be a difference maker that no one is talking about in this trade he also could turn into nothing because he's he's a rookie and yeah. who knows. 
I mean, that's what you do when you're tanking like the Jazz are doing and trying to rebuild, is you just want to, you know, cast your net as wide as possible, bring in a bunch of young guys and hope that you get someone who's going to be exceptional. Um, and I think that's awesome. Like, I'm excited to see what he does. I could not find, um, I'm having internet issues as well. I could not find what is up with the fourth year in the Colin Sexton, Sexton deal. That's team, player option, or just um, automatically included. But while I do think the Jazz will probably keep Colin Sexton for a while, he's a super valuable piece at $18 million a year. I believe his contract goes through the next CBA and puts him at at least, so if it's not a player option at the end, then an $18 million contract after the cap spike is going to be an absolute steal, especially um, if he especially if he can fulfill a Jordan Clarkson type role. So I think there's a chance the Jazz are able to get a first round pick for him. Um, it looks like the Lakers are interested in Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, and Bojan Bogdanovic. I don't know how many of those could end up there, but the Jazz are probably going to be able to get first round picks for Bojan and for um, Clarkson. I don't think they're going to be able to get a first for Mike unless it's heavily protected. I think more likely than not, they'll get second round picks for him. But the Jazz are going to be able to continue to load up on draft capital and have done it in a lot quicker style than the Houston, than, um, than Oklahoma City did. And hopefully they can turn it around a lot quicker than OKC, right? Uh, but right now, we know the Jazz are going after Webb and Yom. I, I mean, unless the NBA world gets, you know, flipped on its head again, the Jazz are going after Webb and Yama. Um, I'm sure we're still mispronouncing that. We've, we've got the name literally on the call. The name of this call is Winless, Winless so for Web and Yama. Yeah, so that's um, that's our new hashtag on the channel, you know. But it'll be interesting to see. And the Jazz basically control their own first-round picks as long as they want to. Now, Oklahoma City does have the Jazz 24, um, for 2024 first-round pick, but it's top 10 protected for 2024, top 10 protected for 2025, and then top eight protected for 2026. And I couldn't find if that if it dissolves afterwards, if the protections dissolve, or if the um, Thunder just don't get the pick. And so because of that, the Jazz are a lot good of times for it they'll turn at least into, 2026. A lot of times they'll turn into and, one or two second round picks after three or years. Cash yeah, or, so something's pretty small. But like, so uh, I know, so the most likely scenario is the Jazz are going to be bad for at least the next three, four seasons. But yeah, when the new CBA comes in, all of a sudden, all, t- all these teams have a lot more cap room. The Jazz will be at a spot where they have a bunch of young players on rookie-level deals. Um, uh, by that time, you're going to have some players that they have now that they like, and they sign to slightly more expensive deals, but probably nothing on the max. I can't see any player demanding a max by then. And so now, if the Jazz draft right, you have a couple future stars. The Jazz aren't going to go pick up a superstar in free agency, but they now have lots of cap room to just load up on role players and get a really deep team with a couple future stars. And that's a, if you can hold that core together for a few years, that's how you build a championship window. Um, and to lengthen out that championship window, what you need to do is you need to end up drafting someone like LeBron James, uh, which, and or get him in free agency the jazz are never getting someone like that in free agency yeah so if the jazz are looking to win a championship 
which is Jazz have had a lot of really good teams and really good cores with championship windows before, but they've never gotten a championship. So if they want to increase their chances, as much as it hurts now, this is probably, if the goal is winning a championship, this is probably the way to do it. If the goal is just to put a fun team out every year, all these trades were awful. And if, if that's all we really care about in Utah is just watching a fun team, then we should be very angry about these trades. But I think most Utah Jazz fans want to see a championship brought home to Utah at some point. And the trajectory that this team was going probably wasn't going to happen. So I think it, as as painful as these moves are, I think it opens us up for opening a championship window potentially sooner than a lot of us think. Uh, but just get ready for some 21 seasons before that happens. Yeah. Well, the dream is the crap hits the fan for, you know, um, Cleveland and and um, Minnesota in 2027, right? And the Jazz have picked up a star or two. And all of a sudden, the Jazz have the number one and number two um, first-round picks in 2027, right? To either absolutely load up on talent or to um, trade for a superstar. Like, all of a sudden, if a team has a disgruntled star and you're like, okay, we'll give you the number one and number two picks in this year's draft, assuming 2027 is a good one. I think they're going to bite on that. So obviously, yes, that's kind of a pipe dream. Like that's probably not going to happen, but the CBA is going to throw a lot of wrenches into things. So like, yes, I do think the Timberwolves and the um, Cavaliers are going to both be good for the next five, six years. But all of a sudden does turning down the rookie extension, um, which I don't think anyone's ever turned down a max rookie extension. Does that become a lot more appealing for um, for Mobley with the amount of money he might be able to make with the cap with the cap spike? Players um, who are up for, for an extension right before the CBA, you might see that happen. They'll be like, "Oh, I could make another fifteen million my first year of the extension if I just take ten million this one year." Okay, yeah, I can live with that. So that 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 might be happening depending on how the NBA handles the cap spike if they i which they may handle it much differently they may ease into it so you don't have any kevin durant to the warriors situations again sorry it looks like we had some connectivity issues there um yeah i so basically what you said dale was just um that we're gonna see a lot of weird extension stuff with the cba and people turning down mm-hmm. um extensions going into it just so that they can Sign yeah, the first year after so the many, cap spike. Yeah, there's so many question marks with that coming up. So who knows what will happen? And maybe that's why the Jazz went for let's get future picks down the road uh, because they kind of know the Timberwolves and the Cavs kind of set for the next couple of years. But they're, yeah. they're hoping there's hoping they're gonna, there's going to be a bowling ball coming through the NBA that will hopefully hit the Cavs and the Timberwolves like you were talking about. I mean, I obviously what happened with when Danny Ainge was in Boston, getting those Brooklyn picks was a godsend. Like, that's never going to happen again. Maybe not never, but the chance of getting those picks back and just getting who you got would be insane and getting the first round pick is crazy. But that's the dream, is that you're at least going to get some top five stuff if you're Utah. And have a chance, you know, and hopefully not have Ennis Cantor and Don um, Exum style busts. 
and so yeah but well, I, I think my big question here is how long is Ainge going to stay here? I think if Ainge is in Utah for the next decade, I'm very confident about this Jazz rebuild. Um, Ainge has definitely set the Jazz up for success, but if three years from now he retires for good, I'm concerned about who gets that job after him and who's going to be the one um, at the reins. Yeah, that. That's something I haven't thought about. Hopefully, he's at least interviewing for his replacement, and he he has a voice in yeah. the decision. Would be the best case scenario in that case, I guess. That well, no, I agree. Yeah, so th- this was this was kind of an impromptu episode. We didn't plan it until we we're just like, you know what, we kind of have to. Mitchell was traded, uh, but thanks for joining us, everyone who made it to the end. Thank you so much. Uh, I think this is a great episode to have a conversation in the comments. I know everyone has their take on the Donovan Mitchell trade. I want to hear all of yours. I don't think we covered everything. We didn't even get close to covering everything. So let's have the conversation going on in the comments. Like it so more people can join the conversation. It'll be a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Sorry for the network connectivity issues. Hopefully they haven't been too bad and we will find out what's going on when we're editing. But yeah. It's going to be a rough up. Um, It's going to be a different next few seasons. But even with all that, go Jazz.